Well, hello and welcome back. Pleased to be with you all here today, this evening, whichever it is for you when you're listening to this. Whenever that might be, I welcome you on my journey once again. And uh, man, I'm just so stoked to be live and still be talking about all this crazy stuff, having not been shut down by the man or any of those preconceived notions uh, you know, I used to have. Come to find out, that's all a bunch of programming that we feed ourselves, and ultimately, you know, we are the ones responsible for what we feed ourselves, aren't we? So if you ain't feeling up to the game, then feed yourself differently. That's, uh, the way I would go with it anyway. So welcome, welcome, on this episode of Red Thread Podcast, I had the fortune to speak with Mr. Drew from You're Missing the Point. And, uh, wow, it turns out that uh, similar interesting experiences and understandings are being had all around us. So, let me just extend to you that you are not alone in your sometimes confusion, sometimes blissful understanding of what's going on in this world. It's uh, definitely silly to say the least at times, sometimes perhaps cruel, Uh, but you know, I'm coming to find out that those are also things we put ourselves through. So what can we do? What can we control? Well, only thing I know for sure that I have in in my own control is myself, so. But even that gets hard, as you will find out in the intro to this episode. It took me about 20 minutes to lead in to hand over to Drew there. But, you know, it was an amazing conversation nonetheless. And I admire his patience with me. So thank you, Drew. And uh, so go check out You're Missing the Point on all podcatchers. For an interesting perspective, coming from a different background, (coughs) at least a little bit different to those of you out there who have not had a transcendent life experience like missing time, such as Drew. So I share with him some of my experiences and just really opened up that can of worms that is my mind on him. So once again, Drew, thank you for coming on. I'll leave all of his information in the show notes, but I want to get to it so that uh, so that we can listen to the conversation. But anyway, thank you, everybody, once again. Couldn't be doing it without you. Much love. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Red Thread Podcast. I'm here with Drew from Missing the Point. He's uh, not a native to my hometown or country for that matter, so it was a little difficult for us to kind of get lined up and and get a good time, but here we are, and uh, we made it happen, so I'm stoked about that. It's it's tricky, man, when we're starting to deal with, you know, friends overseas and different uh, time zones, and, you know, we're all all a bunch of working stiffs out here in the podcast game, you know, (laughs) so I'm glad I was able to get with you today. How's it going, Drew? 
Good, mate. Yeah, it's hard to work the nine to five when you're uh, a world away in three different time zone differences. It's, uh, it's a hard one, but I'm glad we managed to work it out. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, I'm stoked to have you on. Um, lately in, in my podcast, I've been getting into a little bit of like the spiritual side of things. It, it seems really strange that, uh, that you start off on a road, you know, like conspiracy and, uh, you know, down with the man and rage against the machine and all of these things. Right. <laughs> and you're like, you're like, well, where do I go from here? You know? And, and a lot of us kind of find a way down a path that kind of like leads into like metaphysical. So it gets really difficult to explain. And, um, and so what I'm guess I'm trying to say is there's a link there, you know, between conspiracy and finding yourself. And, and it seems to be a path that's kind of really meticulously put together. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I've been looking into hidden history for better part of a number of years now, probably three or four years, like really solid, that whole Tartaria thing, um, all of that. And, you know, the, the basic question is where do we come from so that we can kind of know where we're going, you know, but um, yeah, so I'm stoked to have you on and, and hear some of your insights and, and maybe a couple of your experiences that have led you to where you are in your life currently. Um, we all seem to be in very unique places and, uh, you know, have very different perspectives from one person to the next. So I'm stoked to uh, grab your opinion on a few things. Yeah, and it's, I think it's all of us never expect for our views and things to change so dramatically. We, we all kind of start off maybe in, in one particular conspiracy theory area or, or somewhere about the paranormal. Like I started off as a kid who would borrow out books about Bigfoot and Loch Ness monsters because it was fun and exciting. And that quickly evolved into being a 12-year-old who read The Day After Roswell and getting really hooked on UFO, your disclosure and aliens and all that type of stuff. And even in the past couple of years, my views about UFOs and aliens have completely flipped on its head and the views that I thought were 100% factual and true are no longer valid in my mind mm -hmm. anymore. And the experiences that you have along the way really formulate how you perceive our reality and what's going on in the realm in which we live. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's just so cool, man, to be able to reach out to folks like yourself and, and to strike a, a unified chord when it comes to these, these topics, man, like, um, you know, we all, we all have our heart really invested in, in the understanding of so many things and it's so crazy and so interesting. And you would never know that by if you if you stuck to the mainstream script if you stuck to cnn and you know uh nbc or, or whatever your local broadcaster is if you just stuck to that kind of like my grandma used to do right like she'd just turn on the tv and get the news and you know um find out about the weather for conversation's sake usually you just you needed to know the weather so you could talk to somebody at the store you know and like now it's gotten to the point where you know, uh, once you get away from the weather and the CNN and kind of the scripted nonsense, you kind of fall into this other subset of information. And it's it's really strange and it's really murky and it feels really lonely at first when all of your friends are into maybe, you know, Jay-Z or hip hop or Beyonce or whatever the case is. Right. And and there you are, like you're saying, looking looking through books on Bigfoot or at the Costco, you know, standing there in the aisle, looking at this massive picture book of dragons 
<laughs> you know? So, I mean, like we've, we've all had those, those moments in our youth and like you grow up, things change. Vast majority of people, including myself until very recently, see the world as not a cool place to be, you know, just depressing, upsetting, turn on the TV and it's murder and bloodshed and all of this. And, um, so to, to kind of veer off of the fear mode while looking into all these conspiracies seems really strange to me. And it's interesting that it does happen. Like we all start off somewhere where we're fascinated with fantasy or history or, you know, any number of topics that are out there for us and wind up through all of these avenues, finding ourselves and uh, through all of these stories. And it's just, man, so incredibly wild and, and just beautiful. If you really take the time to step back and kind of admire the, first of all, the effort that has gone into all of these stories being conveyed by people, whether it's aliens or, you know, you, any UFOs, Loch Ness Monster, like all of these at the heart, they're coming from an individual person who's on their journey. You know what I mean? And they just happen, you know, to, to see the Loch Ness Monster and snap a photo, or they just happen to have an abduction experience and meet their space brothers. I mean, I mean, there's so many different stories and, you know, if you would have asked me five years ago, I'd have probably told you they were all, all just maybe either BS or fabrications to, I don't know, serve a malevolent purpose, but, you know, I've, I've come to really believe that that's not the case with all of these stories, that there is a degree of like personal truth embedded within all of these encounters, um, all of these experiences. And so many of them, you know, you can't give the people the, the moniker of, oh, well, that's just, you know, a drug using maniac, you know, when many of these experiences are coming from, I mean, you name it, you name it, the, the type of people that are in the world, all those types of people are having very real experiences that kind of sit along a weird, weirdly similar line, but are so profound to them that they feel compelled to write about it, you know, or they feel compelled to, to put it out there. And, you know, many of these people that are writing books like um, like Future Esoteric, for example, I'm not sure of the author's name, but that one's got all the details on all the aliens, pretty much a compilation of everybody's story kind of put together in a handbook for you. And it outlines all the government, uh, you know, protocols and things that are in place. How, you know, was it Eisenhower met with the gray aliens, you know, back in the 40s? And so, like, all of these details are there. And then, like, you know, personally, what got me into it was I couldn't stop from looking up at the chemtrails, you know, <laughs> and I know you guys got them out there, too, because it's just it's weather engineering. It's what's happening. And uh, that was the one thing that got me It always, always had me because I like to daydream. I like to look at the sky. You know, um, I remember a beautiful blue sky from when I was a kid. And it's either that or it's an implant memory, you know, from watching all those Technicolor movies growing up where the sky is bright blue and, you know. But I, even, I, everyone I speak to, they remember the sky being so, like a crisp, really crisp blue and the natural clouds you saw were so fluffy and so white 
And you can remember being a kid laying down at school and looking at the clouds and imagining what they are, what's, it, what's right, the shape Right, of. on any given but day. Ne- but now the sky seems to be so milky and so toned down. And, and like you said, the, the chemtrails that you see, they are everywhere. And it's not like we've suddenly got an influx of extra air traffic that's causing contrails, air quote. Right, right, no they're, doubt. They're deliberately spraying something into the sky. And, and that's troubling, right? I mean, for me, it, it well, I'll say it was troubling. Um, <clears throat> and we'll get into like why was and not is for me uh, in a minute. But for a long time, I was really deeply upset, really deeply upset about how could this be happening? You know what I mean? How come nobody's doing anything to stop it? And uh, it wasn't until probably pretty recently that I kind of put together that it's part of a technology that we're just kind of not supposed to know about. And, uh, and that technology really being this entire place that, that we live in, right? This entire creation, it's definitely a creation. There's intelligent design up the wazoo, <laughs> you know, um, all of the things that we thought were just random chance or we're taught anyway. And I don't think most of us feel and think that we're just random, meaningless specs, but many of us were conditioned, you know, to, to see things that way. And, um, and, you know, it didn't matter what school you went to. I went to a private school for a, a lot of my young life and we learned the same, you know, information basically uh that was handed out to everyone i mean we had our books that were like huffton mifflin so they were like a contracted book creator for the state schools you know so they only created you know uh history books for the state school system outside of that they did almost nothing they they might publish little here's and there's to go along with it um you know things like like relatively affirmative action kind of um, shining a light on ethnicity through a lens of like, uh, I guess you could say picking apart minorities and saying that there's something about them that makes them lesser, but inferring, you know what I mean? Inferring that essentially all Latinos come from a, a, harsh upbringing or you know what i mean so these were the spins yeah, on these they, stories they, they drill the stereotypes quite hard and i don't think it matters what side of government's in power at any given time it, whatever they want popped into the, the education system they put their own spin on it and you can see that in the changes between editions because they can have polarizing changes between the two and they seem to keep flipping back every couple of decades or so and you see that definitely Absolutely. And, and, you know, so um, this is part of that reason, like you're saying with the flipping back and forth is why sometimes I'm hesitant to talk about why I no longer see chemtrails as a threat. And, and this is where my mind starts to go, well, Randy, it's because you've been reprogrammed with the new program that they're putting out for the people, right? The whole uh, spiritual awakening kind of uh conspiracy into spirituality kind of path. It's definitely a path that is kind of laid out for us. But, you know, um, if I'm being honest, when I look at everything that we have in this world, right, like all the literature, all of the movies, everything. And I was like a big nerd growing up, watched millions of movies, probably. 
like everything that was out, I had to have seen, you know, up until a certain year. And same thing with, with reading. Um, you know, I've went through all the encyclopedias by the time I was like 10, you know, back when we used to have encyclopedias. So I got the full indoctrination and to, to, I guess, come into an understanding that which is weird is because it's through the indoctrination that I then develop doubts, right? Because there's a lot of holes. There's a lot of holes in everything that we were taught growing up. Um, unless you like go into, say you go into biology, then you'll have a very specific set of biology. You might learn if you were going to go forward with it, like molecular biology, you know, or oncology where you're studying cancers and things, right? So you would have a very specific little niche. And you would never get taught outside of that niche. And me, I'm, I consider myself somewhat of a big picture person, right? Like I want to know, I don't just want to know how this, this little finger works. You know what I mean? I, I want to know how, how it's attached to everything, what's going on with the entire body. And not only that, I want to know what the hand is holding when it's holding something, you know, I, I want to know these details that were just kind of not explained about. So. I'll throw my theory of um, what chemtrails could possibly be. And there's always an and uh, I'm finding out when it comes to anything, absolutely anything. Um, if something serves a purpose, you guarantee it serves two, two purposes, you know, or three or several. And I think chemtrails are one of these things. I definitely think there's an active push to blocking out the sun. Um, of course, we don't get the reason for that. You know what I mean? Like we're not given the information. We're just told climate change, global warming, very vague, right? Like that could be anything. And man, with the electric universe possibility, we'll call it a possibility because at this point, it's not even a very widely accepted theory, which is unfortunate because it makes a lot of sense. So we've got the electric universe thing. And right alongside that, we've got the simulation thing. So we've got all of these different things, different ways to see the world. And like, it just has dawned on me recently after having weird experiences, seeing evidence that, that I can manipulate certain things in my reality. Um, cloud bursting, for example, I don't know if you've ever gone outside and sat there and focused on one little cloud and just disappeared it. It, it happens gradually. So you don't really think that you're doing it the first few times, but when you go outside seven, eight, 10, a dozen times in a row and find, pick a cloud, find a little cloud, you know, just not one that's not too big, maybe just a little guy, right. <laughs> and go out there and just look at it and like kind of rub it with your finger, you know, in your, in your field of view. And wouldn't, you know, you start erasing clouds and you're like, how is this possible? I've heard of something like that with all going devices, how you can using tower busters and stuff like that. You can shut down storm fronts or cloud cover, but I've not heard of it just through power of thought alone. That's interesting. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think a lot of this takes a certain level of belief, right? Um, as well as a certain level of confidence. So that, that comes with the belief. Um, you can even call it faith, right? It comes with a certain degree of some energy that we really don't know too much about. Um, we hear all this talk of dark matter and dark energy, right? Um, I'm inclined to believe that there's nothing dark about it that this is just the hidden piece of the entire puzzle. Right. Um, 
And uh, I've had some experiences that have led me to, to really come to the conclusion that what we see and what we interact with is just sitting on top of something more, right? So um, it's been called a holograph or a projection. And I think that that's relatively legitimate. And it's also been called a simulation. So it's called all of these things. But what do I think the chemtrails do for us, aside from make us believe that um, everyone out there doing any modification to this mother earth system that we live in, right? This living thing. Uh, many, you know, will say, well, there's no, no positive thing that these things can be doing. And then I, I pose the question, well, what if, what if they've never not manipulated the weather, <laughs> you know, and what if the last time that they decided not to manipulate the weather was, you know, the times we hear about with these like ice ages and you know what I mean? Famines and all of this, like, what if that was the period of time where they weren't manipulating anything? And, you know, up until a couple or a few hundred years ago, they uh, hadn't got it under control well enough to, to populate the surface essentially, because we see a lot of, you know, old structures, very vast cellars uh, on top of that history doesn't make sense. It's clearly just, designed to lead us a certain way but so i was looking at some theories like the plasma plasma apocalypse theory is is like kind of big when you're looking at tartaria what happened to these old world court cultures and everything did they have free energy and if they did did they fry their own system and i'm like all right well how how would this system fry right start looking into that and, and this is like where where it starts to get weird i'm like okay the sun is, let's say, let's just say electric universe is legit. The sun is a plasma ball. Um, we're inside of a giant mechanism of some kind. You call it a machine by definition, I would say so. But um, so you have this charge difference from the ground and the sky. And they, they clearly knew this in ancient times, right? They had their um, fractal antennas on all their buildings, possibly gathering energy, possibly releasing it, whatever, you know, your, your go-to is on that. But there's clearly a circuit happening, right? There's an electrical effect happening. There's evidence of melted buildings and scorched earth like everywhere. Um, they always say it's a meteor, but you know, possibly both, right? I'm always the possibly both kind of guy because it could be. But anyway, I started thinking the sun's up here, the ground's down here, you have a differential. If there's a certain amount of salt and or you know water in the atmosphere, you probably have an arc happen. And that might be what was used, you know, to, to carve the rivers and everything else. So there, there could be a mechanism that we're not allowed to see that is the entire environment that we live in. And so like, we're so short-sighted and looking so closely at each little detail, like, oh, well, the history's messed up for the last 500 years. And then you start to ask, well, well why? Like, why would that be, right? Same thing with um, conspiracy. Why, why, would, why would all of these people intend for us to believe that something is terrible? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, and, and argument, like, and able for us to be arguing about, um, because you have one party that says chemtrails are bad. You have one party that's like chemtrails are good. But what if like, what if they're necessary? I guess is what I'm driving at. What if all of these things that we see in play 
are like necessary for some bigger reason that, you know, outside, maybe it's out something outside of the simulation, right? So you have to have like, like in Dungeons and Dragons, you have to have a game master, right? And the game master is a separate thing entirely from all of the pieces on the board, you know, <laughs> and all of the literature. It's uh, manipulating those pieces on the board and manipulating the literature. So some might call this AI. So it's like this weird, all-encompassing kind of web that once you get into conspiracy and start going down all these rabbit holes, you find yourself back with the question, why? Why are they doing, why is all of this happening? Or why am I being led to believe it's happening? You know? And uh, so, so I don't, I don't think we're being told everything. I think we're getting two sides, but they're both wrong on almost every story I would imagine. And that there is some grandiose <laughs> sort of plan playing out and not to say that we're like pawns or, or being manipulated, but we're taking part in something larger is what I'm trying to say. And so why you would put the chemtrail up is to keep that sun from arcing back off the ground until the time that you need it to, because there seems to be a purpose for that. Whatever it is, mining, I personally believe that this whole area has been mined out several times. We come, we create the, uh, the organic matter that then soaks into the ground, they apply electricity and you have different newer minerals, you know, new, new compounds being created organically through all of this. And it, and it's done over and over and over again. And so with the hidden history side, you're looking at a possibility of fragments of stories from several renditions of what this place is, call it a soul school or, or just call it the game of life. You know what I mean? We come down, we live, we leave. You know, um, many of us get bored with the way things are at a certain point. So maybe we need to make changes and maybe those changes have to be made catastrophically. And uh, so so tell me, do, do you think that sounds like Stockholm syndrome talk to you? I'm just curious because I've been feeling a little <laughs> bit like that a lot lately. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll say a lot. <laughs> a, a little bit. Yeah. Um not to know, like certainly first time chatting with you, mate. I don't want no, to say no, it's, 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 it's a fence sitting position, but it's almost like it's a wishful thinking kind of scenario to come from. And I absolutely understand why it could be a possibility, but it, to my mind, thinking those lines is that's the position to go to. It's like the safe space. Right. You kind of, you kind of got your feet in both sides and you're, and you don't have to argue anything. You don't have to go down any other rabbit holes. You're sitting in a position where you're just letting it play out, which it very well could be. I'm not dismissing it. I just think that, and I used to think the same way as you did, like it's it's happening for a reason. Um, it's not good nor bad. I used to think that about the Catholic Church. I thought the Catholic oh, Church, yeah. <laughs> when they went around and, and raped the world and destroyed all the ancient knowledge, they were actually protecting us from things that... Um, we couldn't deal with. And by eliminating them from our knowledge base, they eliminate the threat. That's what I used to think. Now I'm at a very different position with the Catholic Church. I think they are a very evil co-opted organisation that has used religion, particularly Christianity, as a weapon. Um, and to a broader context, yeah, you know, the chemtrails, they could be in the sky for a reason to prevent something from happening. But my understanding and my gut feeling on chemtrails is that 
it's not only just a weather manipulation tool. Like we know that that's a proven that's it was used in Vietnam to, for cloud seeding. Right. I think there's definitely means for geoengineering. They're changing the earth to a certain degree. And a lot of the heavy metals that you find coming out of the chaff that you see in the sky, ironically, are built into what our 3D televisions are. And so my mind kind of goes to, we're in this realm, it could be a globe, it could be a flat plane, whatever it is, they're blanketing the sky with something for a purpose later on. Like you said, it could be to stop those um, plasma arcs. That works. It's the same kind of idea. It's blanketing something. I kind of think it's going to be used for a greater deception. And the greater deception being going back to those heavy metals is that they're blanketing the sky for a, a project blue beam scenario where they can project something into the sky that looks so real, it will deceive everyone on the planet or nearly everyone, enough to do a job to bring about monumental change. Um, we saw that it was a plan for Iraq in the first Gulf War was to project project Allah above Baghdad and right. to tell the Republican Guard to drop their arms. That was one plan they had. Like, that's that's written. It's military doctrine. Yeah, they've got the stuff. It's ready to go. It, they, can, yeah. they can do it. I mean, they, they put Tupac on, on a stage. They can do anything at that point. Yeah, like even <laughs> the small ones where you see whales diving and splashing on kids' basketball. No, they're, they're beautiful. They're beautiful yeah. illusions, too. And at my mind is, like you said, things can be used for good purposes and good things, and they could be used for bad purposes as well. The good purposes could be they bring back artists that have died, like Tupac. Like, how cool is that to say Tupac on stage again? Right. The, other si- <laughs> the other side of it is, like, what's to stop that from a projection of all the major deities in the world in the sky at one time joining into one and then having a, a universal god for Earth to bring right. everyone together? I, what I if think it's a projection is, of coming. UFOs? Yeah. Right. And that's, dude, that's right where I was at a year and a half ago. I had a UFO experience and I couldn't shake the thought that somehow through through my art through my web usage looking up things on the internet about these protocols that they use which are rituals right these are rituals mm-hmm. people do they go out and they they have a meditation and a ritual and essentially conjures things in the sky right but i started thinking about it after i'm out there i'm out there with my cell phone out in this field you know and so you know the thoughts always in the back of my head this is bluebeam that I'm seeing. I have my cell phone. I'm out in the field. I'm essentially dictating where I want these lights to show up and they're showing up. Um, meanwhile, an arm's length away is my cell phone sitting in the bed of the truck. You know what I mean? With all of these sensors that we know nothing about embedded within it uh, and, and the whole sky above me, you know, it's a clear night. Clearly uh, there is an entity, call it AI or Bill Gates or however you want, right? <laughs> call it the, the system, right? System clearly knows where I'm at. Um, I'm pinging off of these towers over here. So at a minimum, I've, they've got a vague, the system has a vague idea of where I'm at. This is why it's always been kind of weird and kind of surreal that I had an experience where I was able to essentially point a couple of directions and have weird things happen in the sky having to do with lights. Um, and the other person I was with, did was not into meditation or any of the stuff and she saw it too. So, I mean, I knew it wasn't just me, uh, but I knew I had my cell phone on me and I knew that there's a lot of underlying factors. We're not told about our technology. Like what's what really is going on with it. Have you ever been to a urinal and it has, 
it has a, uh, a sensor on there that flushes when you walk away, right? How do you think that sensor gets power? No, it it's, is. A weird I'll, I'll, it's a weird thought, yeah. though, right? Because um, you wouldn't expect there's any actual wiring right. going into and the plumbing seeing, section because water and electricity don't mix. Right. And see, and this falls into like some of the like old world studies looking at Tartaria and these free energy devices. And you start looking into this stuff and you come to find out that pipes do have an electric charge. And, and so it's like, and then I'm wondering, all right, why is there two little lenses on the thing? And one of them's pointing down where my junk is. You know, the other one's looking at Ford at me, but there's one pointing down and I'm like, what's really going on here? You know, and the Truman show pops in my head. Right. I'm like, and all I can do is just kind of laugh and shrug and walk away. Kind of almost the same thing with this UFO experience. I, all I could do is laugh hysterically because I was blown away by it in the moment. Absolutely. Just blown away. I mean, it's changed. <laughs> it's changed my entire life since. So I can't really knock it as a fake thing. At this point, you know, um, because it was a catalyst for so much change in my life that that there's something innately kind of beautiful about that, which is which is why I I don't feel like I'm so much in the safe space of <laughs> of Stockholm syndrome as as logically very well could be. Um, and it's it's for these these re the reasons of how this was a catalyst for like for my change. Um, same thing with like conspiracy, right? Like if there wasn't an underlying nagging that JFK, uh, you know, was killed by the government, like, or, or that the moon landing wasn't real. Like if this underlying, no, knowing gnosis, right. Understanding wisdom that these things didn't happen by accident, you know, um, that had led me down this path to want to look into what aliens really are, what's going on with the government, all the scary stuff about the robber barons and just the decimation of the world, the Catholic church, the Jesuit, you know, brotherhood, how they built everything and clearly removed it from someone else's possession in the process. You know, that, that definitely seems clear. So I'm, you know, I'm with you on the, the, you know, Catholic church kind of uh, understanding there it's it's a dark dark topic and so are the rockefellers right they're they're a little shady right like super shady as a matter of fact they they own way too much like these people just have way too much for anybody's good and and so you know they're looked down upon they're like the they're the cornerstone of our understanding of darkness and of evil right and and they're cast perfectly in these roles um you know, same thing with, uh, what was it like JP Morgan? I mean, you look at any of these guys and you're like, that's an evil dude. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, so the, all of these things playing out and happening through like these avenues of conspiracy aliens, like it's been a lifelong journey through this story for me, you know, when it was in the nineties, aliens were touted as being like dark evil things that wanted nothing to do but to abduct you and probe your anus. And, and like, that was what was known about aliens. They will pick you up on the street and put you back in your car and three hours will be going missing and you will have a sore spot where they put an implant on, on you and, and this and that. That was like the entire nineties was fire in the sky was a, was a movie that was out then it was scary, right? They were all scary independence day, not really scary, but still the same idea. Right. 
Uh, yeah, and, and they've kind of pivoted. They've gone to, it's almost at the same time, like they had Aliens came out the same time as E.T., right? So right. they've been subtly having the idea of the good, lovely, caring aliens who are going to unite humanity was the same time having it as a threat. And that brings me always back to the point that something could be staged to hu- unite humanity, um, possibly. They've been talking a, about it. They've a, been a talking different, about it since maybe Reagan. A, yeah, maybe a different type of aliens come to our aid and they're the saviour type of aliens. I don't know. But it's definitely, it's got the two polar opposites to it. But you're right, a, a, lot, a large chunk of the 90s was all put in that negative spin, even to the point where the media would, would just dismiss it offhand. It's not true. It's nutty. It can't be real. But now we're moving into that realm of they're, they're admitting UFOs. And that makes me very cautious as to, the reality of what they actually are. Right. Exactly. I don't, I mean, and, and after going out into a field and trying this protocol, which, you know, I'm a, I'm kind of a, a believer in subtle energies of, of, of the spirit, right. Of this so, other thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of feeling that your belief about that was now that, because you had your phone with you, your intentions were being picked up by your phone and that was being projected out to something else to show you what you wanted to see. Is that what you're kind of thinking? That, that's, you know, that it, that it was a blue beam or that's what Starlink or, or what satellites have been up there for and that the, this entire Pleiadian um, disclosure kind of thing, engine, right? It's a machine with many moving parts. It's an engine. This engine is illusory in 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 nature um but our programming like the conspiracy programming wants us to believe that it's controlled by these people these bill gates these elon musks these you know rockefellers right um these uh you know and then so they have the the connection between the rockefellers and uh, Dr. Stephen Greer, who, who's like the, uh, the head spokesperson for the CE5 protocol, C-SETI, right? And this, is, this happens to be the YouTube video that I was playing right before this happened, right? So there are a number of technological cues I've given to something, possibly these people, you know, running things with their satellites in the sky, uh, and so, so, I mean, that was the underlying thought, but I just really kind of dismiss the credence of it being malicious anyway. I'm not saying that it wasn't something that was created to cause an illusion, right? But I don't feel as though it's a negative thing. And that could just be because of also the programming that's gone into my mind through Stephen Greer and all of the things that he's talking about, the positivity of these. So beings. instead of being malicious, could you say it's more deceptive? Definitely deceptive. Of, with De- a less definitely. negative tone to it. Right. Because yours, your experience is a lot like what a lot of people are getting. They're getting the visuals. But right. on the other hand, you're also getting people who do have the physical side of things. And that kind of changes the dynamic of it a little bit. My experience that I've had, I experienced an hour of missing time. I was driving home six, seven years ago now, 
down a backcountry road, middle of the night, and big satellites came up behind me. And being in a country area, I just thought it was young guys with their four-wheel drives with their driving lights on, really bright. It's so bright. I'm driving along and thinking, geez, this guy's got to turn his lights off because it's blinding me. I can barely see. Started to develop a headache. And the light started to come closer to me, pulled up beside the car, at which point I noticed it was a bright orb, came wow. down the side of my car. At that instant, my car shut down, was dead, dead in the tracks. Everything shut down and then shut off straight down the road and disappeared straight up. Car just starts up again, drive home. I've got a blinding headache. I arrive home, there's been an hour of missing time, something that sh should have been an hour trip ended up being two hours. That's wild. That's, so that's the that's, physical side. Yeah, that's very that's, physical. That's the physical side of things. And I think these people, like you mentioned, the Rockefellers, the Bill Gates, you're right. We are conditioned to think that these are the evil kind of people manipulating the world. But I tend to think they're low-level henchmen for whoever really is in control and manipulating things. And these people have at their disposal all sorts of things. They could have the visual. They could have the spiritual. They could have the technological. They can have the physical. They can use all different things to try and manipulate an idea or a, a situation in the world. They've got a, a, a tool chest full of lots of tools. Absolutely. Hey, hey, have you seen the building that you've heard of the Tavistock Institute, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, have you seen the building that their head that is their headquarters? It, it's, would it looks like a step before. pyramid. And at the top, That's old, eh? yeah, at the top, just like <laughs> the Planned Parenthood buildings, right? Yeah. It looks like, you know, a Sumerian ziggurat, right? Like these are all homages to, you know, Enki and Enlil and, and all of this sort of background story that we see, you know, pop culture is invested in the Egyptian, you know, uh, Syrians and Arcturians side of this alien thing. But anyway, at the top of the building, there's this device. It looks like a tuning fork, looks full on like a tuning fork sitting up there, which I thought that's fitting. But, um, but, you know, I mean, they, they literally have the book on us. You know what I mean? Like they, they have the understanding of like the social animal as a whole. They know us individually. Like you're saying, they can project physical, visual, um, spiritual, mental, sometimes subliminal, oftentimes subliminal. So they have all of these things in their toolbox. And, you know, I've been live going on, it'll be like 40 years in a couple of years. And in all of this time, the world hasn't ended, right? <laughs> like the world hasn't ended. Um, We've had the same maniacs in charge, pushing things, moving pieces around. They have all been in bed with each other at one point or another, literally, figuratively, however, and the world hasn't ended, right? We're told that it's because these aliens came and shut down some nukes in like World War, end of World War II and, and this and that. So I think you're right with the, the low-level henchmen thing. I, I don't think that there's an ultimate grasp on the power of this world by these people, which is why, you know, when I was thinking about what if they have satellites projecting lights and, and they're leading me in this, I'm thinking about, well, who's benefiting from that? Who's benefiting from little old me, you know, having an experience. Um, and after that experience, creating a platform that the interaction can happen through their systems, mind you, like we're all sitting here talking through zoom and all of this <laughs> stuff about all of these things. And 
I don't know, just the whole lot of it screams a design. And, and, yeah, and I'm I, not sure what if it's. I think know, the design, the, the design idea is right. That, and to come back to what you're talking about, how the world hasn't ended. Everyone has this broad Hollywood biblical idea of the world ending fire and brimstone, nukes going off, an asteroid, right. something absolutely terrible wiping everything out. I think the people or the entities are things that are behind the scenes that are trying to control and manipulate this realm. It's not in their best interest to end it. They want to change it. They want to change the system and manipulate it to their means. I don't think they're capable of destroying it. They can change it. They can tweak it. It's almost like they're the renovators. They're coming into a brand new house right. and they're changing yes. it for their, for their means, right? Which kind of lends me, I've gone down, I've went from aliens are real, they're cover up from the government and hopefully the aliens come one day and they save us and blah, 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 and they bring us into this intergalactic community, all that type of deal. And now I've gone down to a, a very a biblical idea that, Aliens are actually a deception and they're demonic in nature. And what we're seeing is a combination of government technology that's been influenced by um, fallen one technology, the Nephilim, that type of an idea. And if we're going down that path, they know they can't destroy the world. The only person that can or entity that can destroy the world and reset things is God. So they're trying their hardest to prevent that from happening because they want it in its entirety. They want right, Earth. right. That's what, that's an interesting way to look at so it. So that if, if you're looking at that way, when you think about chemtrails, maybe chemtrails are their means of preventing or halting, slowing down a, a benevolent God. Maybe that's their way of blocking him from manipulating that, his realm. I don't sense. know. I'm just that makes a lot of sense. Here that's, <laughs> that's super cool that you say that because, you know, when I see fog in the sky and I see it, all of this, I'm, I'm like, this is clearly obscuring something or someone or, you know, some event or my thought with the, you know, a lot of the chemtrails recently has been of a nature of they're perturbing, like humanity is, is actually my, my thought is humanity uh, as a species is waking up, is attempting to right And, and, um, the idea is that at some point in the past, humanity woke up too fast and destroyed themselves or the world, right? And there, I, I watch a lot of animes, so a lot of these ideas come from all these different sources, animes included, where where there's some kind of a psychic event. It may be a long time in the past, maybe the future, whatever, you know, time's not an issue, but there's some kind of a psychic event. And part of what they're doing with this modification is curtailing our actual power, right? Like um, perhaps they're not blocking out the sun for temperature's sake, but because the sun is, you know, the source portal where where essentially our life force comes from. So they're like, we got to cut them back a little bit so they don't become so psychically aware that they start destroying the world just because they know they can. You know what I mean? And um, and maybe we're being brought out of a period where. Maybe we couldn't destroy the world psychically, but there were enough invested interests in this world to, at a minimum, reset it, right? Like you're saying, mm -hmm. th these powers don't seem to want to 
ever take it off of either end. It's it's kind of this interesting balancing act that's happening. And but maybe that's the danger that's happened in the past. When these resets have occurred, the potential is that these entities who do have this knowledge and this understanding of technology, maybe they gave us too much. And because if you think about, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a, a massive Christian. It's just something I'm kind of delving into now and in my understanding. But humanity, uh, our design was where to be the stewards of Earth. We're supposed to look after it and care for it. So if, they, if these fallen ones have given us too much knowledge, too much power, and we use it in the wrong ways, I think we're more than capable of destroying our own Earth, our own home. Right. But they can't. So if they see that the danger's within us, like we have free choice, we have free will, maybe you are right in a sense. Maybe they are trying to control us to a point where we don't destroy what we've got because that's a negative outcome for them. They have nothing if we destroy it. Right. And, the, you know, that's actually a, a kind of a running concept with, within the, let's call it like disclosure circles, is that, you know, these these beings, they don't want any timeline to end, right? Like they're kind of the custodians or like you're saying, the renovators or, you know, the... Yeah, I like custodians. Custodians works, and there's some insight into that when you look into uh, Admiral Byrd, the South Pole, and, and I mean it. It gets crazy. You start looking in all these rabbit holes, and <laughs> you wind up finding your way back to exactly what we're talking about. With is there ultimately is there an outside force or entity manipulating events to reach a certain finished product, right, or, or a certain thing, a certain thing. Um, and, you know, for a long time with all the fear around aliens and the fear around nuclear winter and the fear about global, all this fear, right? Fed a bunch of fear for the last probably hundred years, maybe 200 years. You had a bunch of wars before that. So a couple of few hundred years of fear, um, going back to biblical things, that's equivalent to the small season uh, in, in Revelation. So, I mean, these things, they line up on so many different levels and it doesn't, it really doesn't matter what religion you belong to, what vested interest you have. If you step outside of your dogma, you're going to see that you have a simpler or a, a similar image looking back at you from all of these other directions, whether it be Kabbalah or it be, you know, any like of the occult, you know, Manly P. Hall mysteries, uh, secret teachings of the ages, like any of these different teachings point back to the same thing. Right. And essentially God. Right. Like they're pointing back to a benevolent force that is reasonable <laughs> and yeah. has as has created for a purpose. And, and um, I kind of I kind of go back to the, the apprentice and the master kind of approach to that. Like there's all these commonalities across religions and some people will say that's an inversion and manipulation of the true faith. Whatever. You can't mm -hmm. deny that there's those commonalities. If you're thinking about, say, fallen ones did come to Earth and they tried to influence humans, they have the exact same knowledge base as their creator. And it'd be like a mechanic. The mechanic has all the knowledge of how to fix a car. What's to stop his three apprentices leaving him and then starting their own mechanic shop? They're going to have the same knowledge, may not be to the same extent, but they're going to have a very similar workshop, aren't they? They're going to have a very similar knowledge base. So it's you're absolutely right there. It's so many commonalities going on. You can see your own similarities in other dogmas, other faiths, other religions, because it always coming from one source, whether it's being used for 
malicious intentions or deceptive intentions, it's still coming from the one source. It just depends on how it's used. Man, freaking amazing, dude. Uh, it's it's just so cool. Like, you know, if you'd have told me a couple of years ago, like, listen, you're going to get into conspiracy and podcasts and, and start actually studying and, and researching things. And, uh, you know, I would have been like, oh, that just sounds goofy or something. Right. But then, you know, the wheels fall off of this machine that we're in. We have, you know, this freaking 2020 business back before that. I mean, we have 9-11. I mean, it, the, the list just keeps building. You get to a certain point. If you would ask me four or five years ago how I thought like the world was going to end, it would probably be a gloom and doom scenario um, having to do with these power structures and things. Um, possibly like the go-to is World War III, actually, you know, for, for most people. I would have probably been like, no, um, we just destroy ourselves with technology. It takes over and destroys us, right? Skynet goes active and nukes everybody like in the Terminator. But it seems like what's going on is not lacking the Skynet part, but just lacking that malicious intent to to destroy everything, to take take this place without its people for something self, right? There there's, seems to be this like move to assimilate as many of us as humanly possible or not humanly possible, like assimilating us into an, a different set of understandings. And it like started out subtle, right? Like with the, the notion that ET is a friendly alien, but all of these other dark twisted alien movies around the same time, it started out really subtle, you know? Um, it started out with uh, the devil's mountain or the, yeah, you know, the, the devil's mountain in um, encounters of the third, was it encounters of the fifth kind or third kind? Third it, anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it started out with these little subtle clues, like, and now like very recently you start to come into the understanding the possibility that the devil's mound is a tree stump and there was a time before, right. And all of this. And then, so that ties into the biblical the fall of man, the apocrypha, and all of these different things. Everything just keeps linking into everything else. And then ever so gently over the last 30 years, the idea of, of uh, yeah, the, the idea of like a malicious um, uh, alien force that wants to dominate us kind of goes out the window right about the same time that it becomes understood that we are being controlled by a malicious force. That's what <laughs> Rome is. That's what, you know what I mean? All of our governments are. Um, and, and that's easy for us to swallow because we've got a, uh, whether you think all history is a lie or not, the history we've been taught, we have an understanding that humans are pretty terrible towards each other. We went to brand new lands where there are brand new people and we did to them what we assume aliens would do to us. Right, right. You yeah. go into so a new land, you colonize, you keep some alive. You, Like you said, you make sure that they're integrated into your way of doing things. If the ones that aren't integrated, you do away with. So that's our idea. That's our human understanding of what we think aliens would be like. That's one polar side. The other polar side is that you have, it's almost like the religious view of aliens. Aliens arrive and they uplift humanity into that next stage of um, technological advancement, spirituality. They're going to help us ascend as a species. It's very religious in context and spiritually it's very the same, same way as being uplifted. But you've got those two opposites. You've got a, a religious spiritual idea where humanity is 
um, made better and, and evolved in certain ways. And then you've got the destructive humanity side of things. And you're probably right. It probably falls somewhere in the middle that they may not be malicious air quotes, but they're being controlling. They're controlling us so that we're not destructive. At the same time, maybe the deception is in a means to control us. They're pretending that they're going to uplift us and make us better. But that's just a means to stop us from being what we are as humans. Oh, right, right. <laughs> spot on, spot on, man. Um, and, and so it's tricky, right? It's, it's kind of tricky to navigate having these thoughts and feelings and, and looking into different avenues and aspects of life and coming to this, I don't know, it's like a bittersweet realization that manipulation is taking place, right? Um, you know, many of us, myself included, do not like the idea of being manipulated by an outside force. Um, unless, of course, like you're saying, it is in a religious context, then people are okay with it. Then people are like, oh, okay, if it's good for my soul, right? Um, cool. <laughs> you know, and they go along with it. And, you know, um, to a certain degree, I, I think I can understand and, and kind of agree with that. I'm I'm all about, you know, lifting myself up and not feeling so fearful and drugged down. So I see the appeal of, of that, you know, particular direction, but, you know, I definitely see it as a manipulation, um, to what end, you know, I guess we'll see, you know what I mean? I'll let you know when I'm 80, how, how the, <laughs> uh, the belief in a, in a soul and, you know, a, a celestial or, or family, you know, if you will, um, when I say celestial, I just, I mean, the other side, the ether, the part that we are not keyed into in this experience, in this reality, I feel like it's the, it's not even the scaffolding. It is. And it's where's that, where does that personal, that growth and uplifting go to? Because even the most devout religious person or the most um, atheist person, they all still believe in personal improvement, personal growth and being better than what you are. So it's which thread do you grab onto? Is it the thread that is projected and given to you as being the great one, which you're pulling that thread and eventually unravels itself and it goes nowhere? Or is it a thread that you find that you keep pulling on and keep growing? Like, like we find with being conspiracy theorists, our ideas and things drastically change in the space of 12 months. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely different to what they were 20 years ago. So that's that thread that I think a lot of us are on, but it's the danger of, being deceived and grabbing onto something that's Poison. palatable to us. <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's tainted. It, it looks great. It's like that apple from Snow White. It's, it looks delicious. It's great. So you grab onto it and take a bite and it ends up being the thing that's detrimental to you. Um, that's the deception I see that's, that's there. And I think you have to be, you have to question everything. Um, I can't remember which American head of state it was, but said in life, you have to question everything. You even have to question God. You, you I think gotta, every, gotta, every, yeah. everyone should I do think that. it's healthy. I think it is healthy yeah. to, to wonder, to, you know, to and legitimately be curious. Why, yeah, curious. Why would we be made without that, that sense of curiosity and self-determination? That's there for a reason. And I think if there is a creator, an omnipotent being that's created this realm and created who we are, we're that way for a reason. And maybe that does help us reach a, a sense of enlightenment or or allows us into heaven. Whatever your thoughts are on it are, we've got those ideas for a reason. But at the same time, what makes us so special and so unique 
are the same things that can make us easily manipulated. Like we do it to ourselves. Like, <laughs> like when you've got a when you've got a baby, a baby can look at you and drop its bottom lip, and you instantly go, "Oh, what's wrong, little fella?" And you feel sorry for them. Like you're being emotionally manipulated by someone right, who right, can't, right. Even, can't even save and themselves. And that baby has no intention, no, no. Mal- malicious intent behind intent. that. That's a good way to look at it, man. And you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. And so, so through this path and this journey, uh, through conspiracy and all these weird things, and history being manipulated. So seeing clearly that everything is manipulated, right? And it doesn't seem like, it really doesn't seem to me like a lot of people want to believe like, you know, the Masons are the like pulling the strings and are meeting up plotting and planning, uh, which I'm sure there's a certain degree of that. But I don't think any of these groups know anything other than a vague picture of what the big picture is. Because like, if you look into like any gnostic script or uh the gospel of thomas i i mean apocrypha and all of these things um kabbalah i mean you name it you start going into all of them and what you have is a layered representation of like the structure of the heavens or like what god is and when you get to kind of what would be like the top you have this idea of an unspeakable name right like something so beyond us that nobody knows not even these these it's, people that are running things like it's just a it's mystery almost like it's a, like beautiful mystery but it's, it's almost like a government compartmentalization isn't it but for the esoteric i don't think any single one of these groups to our knowledge have all the answers and that's probably the way that the people at the very top want it they want them to have uh a grassroots enough, understanding right? mate just enough not to to get to their pets um their level because or, or why not would enough, you want- only only enough that they don't question the authority. Yeah. Like they give yes. them just enough, but it's like, well, that's a personal realization of, you know, the strength of this being for me. So what will affect me and give me that feeling is probably something relatively insignificant to somebody else. And so there's like, there's something working through all of these avenues and it doesn't scream malicious or really or benevolent it's not outwardly either it's just there and it just has this like way of demonstrating to us that in a way first of all that we are special and here for a reason um that seems to keep being reiterated even though we're coming out of a time of a a few probably hundred years of war we're kind of as a species being reassured even if it's through AI or whatever, we're being reassured that we have purpose to a certain degree and, and that we aren't like alone in the universe. Now, where that where that idea is actually coming from, I mean, it's it's being channeled through people, right? And they say that they're communicating with spirits. Um, some claim to be communicating with Hermes, Trismegistus, and, and Thoth, and all of these names, Mercury, right, that we have happening here. Angels. Some say, you know, demons. Um, Alistair Crowley was a big fan of calling it a demon. This this character that he was communicating with even drew it up looking like gray alien. I mean, yeah, lamb, lamb. To the- so, so I mean, we we've been fed all sides of, of every story, like literally every story. You're gonna find all sides. So, like for me, it's like, all right, what would the purpose of that be, right? If it was outward control and malicious intent there would only be the one side of the story. 
and we would be in this dystopian big brother uh fahrenheit 451 kind of space but we are given several options on the argument for almost every topic like five six maybe seven to a million different ways of looking at it maybe it's a case of the malicious intent is that we do have too many options we do have too much to do like i liken this back to i'm a school teacher so i know that if i give a child too many options they can't make a choice they're overwhelmed there's too much choice there so you really have to narrow it down so is it the idea that the knowledge that's there um how we situate ourselves in this world this realm they layer it out like a platter of food and they've got all these different options there for you maybe that's the deception maybe it's like the Indiana Jones analogy where there's the Holy Grail and all the different other cups, there might only be one answer to everything, which we have to try and find out as, as humans. But when we're presented with all these other deceptions, these other versions of it, it becomes incredibly hard to find. And right. I don't think any one person will find that one answer until you know their time comes and that's when it's presented to us, but who knows? Definitely, definitely, dude, spot on. Um, well, yeah, the, the options problem. <laughs> you know, uh, and, and meanwhile, we're all convinced that we are, uh, you know, being deceived of choices when really we have so many choices to choose from. But like, I guess my, I think, I think the real maliciousness comes into it when you're a person and this is a hubris of man, when you think you have found the correct one. And Definitely. this is, this is my one. This is, this is the thing I know it because I found it. I know the reasons as to why this is the right thing. And out of that, that's when the maliciousness becomes a big thing. Like you've got, you could say that these esoteric groups who we know do some shady shit, horrible shit, maybe they're so dogmatic in their views because they think their option is the answer. Definitely. Only part of the answer. Or it could be a deception to them in itself. For sure. I, man, I'm so with the, the part of the answer kind of thing. Um, since I started diving down all these different avenues and really like looking at what each side of the argument is on a lot of things on, on hidden history, on alternate history. I mean, there's so many different arguments that, you know, I just got to ask myself like, all right, what is the purpose of, because I I've come to understand, feel, believe, however, that there is a design, right? There is a design. It does serve a purpose. That's about as far as like I think any of us can yeah. really get. Like, you know, uh, I and can justify just, that. Uh, yeah, this just something's makes me going think of, on. <laughs> I don't know if you. I don't know if you know John. John's the host of From Own to Awakened, and the whole point of his podcast is, okay, I've di- I've gone down the rabbit hole. I've deep dived on this. I think I've got an understanding of what's going on. But what does that actually do to my life? How is it beneficial to me? What does it change? Does it actually make a difference in my life? If it doesn't, what's the point? Like that purpose thing of again, if we're just spending our time and our energy constantly going down the rabbit hole and it's not actually bringing about positive change in our lives, that's an issue in itself. Absolutely. Man, so spot on. And, you know, I love that. And I love that there's folks out there. I'm stoked to to look into his podcast because it, it just, it falls right in with, what I've been experiencing and, and my, you know, I sympathize with the ability to integrate, right. These things that I'm learning about, um, like, Oh, for example, 
9-11 was an inside job. What does that do to me? What does that do for me? Um, does that mean that I can mentally let it go because it's just something I saw on TV as like many other millions of people only saw it on TV, uh, but then became, you know, emotionally and spiritually invested in that topic in the, the days and months to follow. Um, does it mean I get to be upset with myself for staring at CNN for a number of years straight after that happened? You know, um, so like, what is the purpose and what will it do for me to understand that? Let's just say, for example, that it is a false flag and it is uh, an illusion and all of this. Um, what do, what is going to integrate into my life based on that knowing? Right. Like, cause so, yeah, and we're uh, offered got, a lot of truths and you've got a lot truths. of people who, a lot of people who unwittingly will get stuck on one topic and never deviate from it. And 9-11 is a great example of that, right? Something happened there. If you get to the point in your research where you, where you honestly believe, yep, this was perpetrated by the government as a means to bring in an act that can control Americans more tightly under national security, yep, cool, that's where you got to. But what does that do to your life? Does that make you want to take up arms and become a revolutionary? Does that not affect your life at all? Or does it just make you aware of what the system can truly do? If you've got to the point where it's just you understanding how the system can manipulate its people, great. You don't have to keep looking down that rabbit hole anymore. You've got to the point. You've got to the, the purpose behind it. You don't right. need to keep looking any further. Spot on. Uh, absolutely. And, man, I, I'll be honest, it's each one of these topics, and I mean, every single one of them, uh, Balenciaga, I mean, you name it, you name it, whatever the going thing is, right? Uh, Illuminati this or whatever, watchdog that, um, all of these things are, are not useful in themselves, but the, the effect that they can have on you, if you allow yourself to be open to the possibility that there is a purpose behind it, it can be pretty profound. Um, you know, so like, you got to be like, all right, why? Um, aside from the material aspect of they needed to control the American people and gain powers, right? Um, uh, then you look into the why, why was it so symbolic, right? These, these things that keep happening, why the symbolism behind it? What is the power in that? So you, you find yourself shifting like, okay, I'm not focused primarily on 9-11 is an inside job anymore. Now I'm looking at symbolism oddly enough. And now I'm looking at maybe tarot because we have the, the towers card and tarot. And so you start looking at these other avenues, um, but it becomes very easy to, to just stop and rest on one of those, you know, and stop and sit and ruminate on it for a while. For me, it was, it was alternate hidden um, stolen history, right? Like that was, I spent the last two years almost digging really heavily into that. And it got to a point where I reach uh, an understanding. What is the point? What? All right. So let's say everything is manipulated and changed, and you know people were moved from one place to another. Orphan trains. I mean, you name it. Mud flood. This and that. What does that do for me? Like, what does that mean? And well, I I, I know first of all in order to create all of the literature necessary to facilitate the history itself is a massive undertaking. And I see that, you know, your local lions club in, in uh, America, we have the, like the lions club, the rotary club, Rotary, which may also be out there. So these people built all of these small towns 
right? Like this brotherhood of people, masonry included, they built all these places. And then you, you come back to like, well, why did they build these places for people to live? Now, why would these people be building these places for all these people to live? Except for like the conclusion I get to is so that these experiences can be had, right? Like so that people can live their lives. And I heard um, Billy Carson was talking about it on one of his little spiels. You know, I think I caught it on Instagram or something, you know, forbidden knowledge TV or whatever. Uh, and, And he's talking about basically the idea is, and this is handed down from some spiritual entity channeled through somebody and written down in a book in like the seventies or the eighties, you know, and it's just now coming up to the surface and being really kind of distributed heavily to humanity. The whole um, Syrians, Arcturians, Pleiadians, uh, you know, soulful existence, soul brothers from space and all this other stuff, uh, which is cool. You know, it's, it's fine. But um, so he's talking about basically we're here to collect data, which having an experience, you know, when you start looking at electric universe and all of this, yeah, we genuinely are collecting data. And, um, and, and so the only reason I guess where he's going with it is the only reason for anything is for the sake of it happening. (laughs) And and that's it. That's literally all it is. And so as many different avenues as are possible at one time are made for people to choose their experiences and their lives. And that's what the driving force behind the Masons and even the Jesuits and all of these control systems that are setting the stage, really, they're setting the stage for us to have our daily lives in. Um, A lot of us don't like what we're stuck doing in our daily life, right? But I'm coming to find out also, guess what? I, I have some degree of control over that, you know, and I didn't realize that I had control over that before I went down the conspiracy rabbit hole and the, you know, uh, brainwashing television, you know, with the, the patents on Google about manipulating my brainwaves, et cetera, et cetera, on down the rabbit holes of what's controlling me. And then come to find out, holy crap, I've been just controlling myself wrongly. The entire time. Um, meanwhile, try not to invest too much in how to <laughs> correct that because there's all these systems laid out for you, you, you know, meditative yoga. I mean, you name it, there's a system for everybody out there. So like, I'm, I'm really about not resting on any one of these things, like not, not stopping and saying, okay, I've got the answer because I've been just had that realization thrown in my face so many times by life that I just don't know. Just when I think I've got something figured out, I have a super weird moment that blows my mind and uh, has me nearly going crazy, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> trying to think I, about how did this happen? Um, that's what, that's what Dr. Stephen Greer did for me for the longest time. I was always just my firm belief was that Aliens exist. I don't know how many species there are, but we're being visited and the government's covering it up. That was my like understanding. Fle- flesh and bones, right? Flesh, flesh and bones. Flesh, flesh, flesh and blood, physical technology, that type of thing. And I didn't know whether they were um, benevolent, malevolent, whatever. It, the possibilities were there, like we talked about. There's always different options of what it could be. And that's what kept me hooked on it. And then as soon as I see a Stephen Greer come out with a documentary that become, that's popular on Netflix, pushing one solid idea, essentially giving everyone, here's the option. This is the one you need to look at. C5, you can contact these entities. They're there for our, for our uh, 
they're benevolent. They're here for our purposes. They're here right. to help us. He gave us the answer. And I'm always very cautious when one person comes out and says, this is the answer. Right, right. And he's associated with the Rockefellers, which is weird. Yeah. And he talks openly about it. And yeah, I'm, I'm, very, I'm with you on that. I'm very leery of like the whole Gaia channel scenario, right? And I, I was questioning it quite a bit. And but it, all right, in the last year, I've, I've read several books from different authors going back to like the 60s, one of which is a guy named uh, Drumvalo Melchizedek. And, and this is where like a lot of these ideas come from his writing. And supposedly this is given to him by Thoth, you know, the Egyptian scribe god, right? And so, so you know, um, having the UFO experience a, a year and a half ago, doing the Stephen Greer thing. And, and look, I'll tell you, when I was having the experience, I didn't just see this. I felt it like it was profound and it blew my mind and opened the door for me to step outside of my comfort zone and start reaching out to people, wanting to tell the story, wanting to figure out what this was, why history is a lie, why, why all of these things. So it just really pushed me in a, in a crazy direction. And knowing that he's involved with the Rockefellers and this and that, I, I couldn't help but question you know, what was going on there. That's why, you know, I was thinking about my cell phone being with me and all of this stuff. Um, but then I, you know, I look into it further. I had a different experience that was like a meditative experience that this was like five years ago I had an experience. Something was extended some information to me and it didn't, it didn't register in my real life until like two years ago, right before the UFO experience. And when it did, it was just like an incredible understanding that I'd been given information, a little tiny piece of information, but I was able to verify it externally a couple of years later. So that pushed me back in the direction of maybe you just, you do need to look within, right? And that looking within meditation, you know, in, internal peace kind of thing ties into this Stephen Greer phenomenon, you know, the CE5 protocol, it ties in very closely, but also uh, what also ties into it is kind of, it kind of has a ritualistic kind of witchcrafty feel, right? And personally, I think that's probably by design. I, I'm understanding more now what rituals actually are for for your mind and for your purpose of intention. I I, I feel like I'm understanding better, and as time goes on, I'll I'll learn more. I'm not not clearly not done learning, but uh, so it had that very ritualistic feel going out in that field and, and having this experience. And I haven't recreated it with the outward external lights in the sky experience, but I have been able to find a space within myself that has me relatively convinced that, uh, that we're only seeing half of the picture here. So, so like that's the main reassurance that I get when, you know, when I'm meditating, I'm, feeling, feeling the nothing, you know what I mean? Feeling that there's just an epic nothing that is not, not necessarily dark matter or dark energy. It's just, it's energy and it's there and we're not taught to understand it or listen to it, but clearly there's something powerful enough to possibly manifest lights in the, in the sky, burst clouds. So, I mean, there's, there's something too many coincidences have lined up to where for me, it can't be a coincidence anymore. The, the mind and the soul is a, is a powerful thing. So I've come to believe in that power. And it seems to me that like Dr. Greer has that belief also. All of these things he goes out and does with all of these people, they all have this very deep belief in what they're doing. 
So I, I guess the question is, if it's being kind of scooped into the neighborhood of Rockefeller control system, right? It's being nestled within that idea, this, this cosmic brothers, you know, dimensional entities communicating has, has been essentially co-opted, right? By this control structure that none of us really trust. None of us really believe in it. So is that by design to lead you away from that? You know what I mean? Is it being nestled within the robber baron family tree specifically to keep us away from it? And the same thing with occult, like occult practices for that matter. Um, anything written by Aleister Crowley, half of the world won't even think to open the book. You know what I mean? Um, anything having to do with Kabbalah, most of the world won't even think to open the book because they're like, oh, Madonna practices Kabbalah. What do I want that for? Right. Like you start finding out all these reasons why you shouldn't look into something when you start looking at these groups, these shady groups, and they're all into like a different esoteric art or understanding. They're all into a different one. You know, uh, Madame Blavatsky is in, into a different one than Aleister Crowley is in a different one than John D. They all have their very specific followings of these occult practices. And, um, I just really feel that that's, that's by design and that it's to lead everyone away from what essentially are pieces of the answer and to provide them with something. This is where the Catholic church and the Jesuits come in and to point them in the direction of this other thing, this thing that has like gotten out of control, taken over the world, this octopus with many arms, this, uh, the real dark entity. I, I think it's, the beast system itself, Rome, uh, you know, the Holy Roman Empire, the Catholic Church, the Jesuits. Um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say the Rosicrucians because that's kind of more on the esoteric side of things. Yeah. And you see that the polar opposites between orthodoxy churches versus the Roman Catholic Church in a lot of the Eastern um, Christian faith of orthodoxy. You see a lot of um, Gnosticism in it, which right. the Catholics have demonized as being evil and can't be a part of the doctrine. And like you said, maybe they actually are using it behind closed doors and they're actually trying to get people away from it. But you, you, I don't think we can ever really know that there's all these ideas and, and ways of doing things. It's the purpose. And the purpose is always the hardest thing. It's asking why is great, but what's the purpose behind it? And maybe if, we focus on what the purpose of it could be, we could find out the why a lot easier. Right. Absolutely. And so, so that has been my focus as of late is what, what's the purpose of this? Not so much the what, who, what, where, when, why, when, how, but the purpose, what is the driving force behind all of it? Not just one story, not just one point of view, but if I were to step back and, and attempt in my mind to recreate what is going on here, like that is an incredible undertaking, first of all. Like, so there must like just in that undertaking alone signifies to me that there's purpose. And and then when you have everything so deeply encoded with symbolism, um, numerical value, gematria, I mean, everything is layered, layers upon layers of information, all encoded into so many different aspects of our life that 
we're just kind of kept blind to it until we decide to look into it, you know, until we decide to step outside of our comfort zone, outside of that box and, and see what the box is made of, you know, and, and we, we see that the box is made of purpose. We, we may not know exactly the purpose that it's made of, but we see the, the drive, we see the motivation happening all around us. So many different people, so many different motivations, all leading to something, some purpose. And so it's, it's tricky, man. I don't know that, you know, I don't know that we as a species or myself as a person will ever successfully reach what you could call the end of that understanding of purpose. Um, every time I think I've gotten something, uh, I just, I just find out it's some other beautiful aspect of it that is so complicated that it necessitates my looking into <laughs> and and then so i'll go down that road and and so it's just that idea of purpose is just constantly reinforced over and over again no matter what direction i look yeah it's almost like we're we're children who've been given all this information all this understanding about the world and then we've been left without a minder or someone to look <laughs> after us and <laughs> We start I think making so, our own man. rules and doing what we want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's crazy you say that being left without a minder because I, I think and feel that a lot of the reason that we don't have a full history of the past is because the things that have happened here are not our history. Um, and when I say our, I mean the current human species, right? See a lot of tales of giants. Um lizard people. I, I mean, you name it, right? Like there's all these different tales. I mean, look at the blue cat people and avatar. I mean, so all of these inspirations are coming from somewhere. Um, I've seen this really weird French cartoon. Um, it's, uh, oh geez. I can't recall it off the top of my head. There's a Ghibli studios. Uh, and it's, it's a, a Japanese writer. I, I can't, his name, I think is Ghibli. And he has an st animation studio. He wrote that movie or, or did that movie Ponyo and quite a few others um, having to do with what you could call like a fantasy past, right? Full of airships. And so all of these things that everybody is understanding or feeling that this Tartaria topic encompasses. And, um, and in one of these cartoons, it shows these giant, giant blue people. I mean, probably the size of a 10-story house playing with little humans as if they're like this big in, in their hand, right? Then like dressing them and doing all of these things. And this blue creature has gills on its ears, right? So it's like an aquatic. It's, so there's all these weird little insights and all of these little things that scream an inspiration, but like gosh, that, that inspiration has to be something, doesn't it? I mean, the imagination can't just draw from nothing. There's got to be something there. Yeah, so that spark of creativity. And I don't know if you're someone who's ever had the idea of like direct download ever happened to you. Like I'm, I'm I've, had some teacher, weird, so I've had some weird stuff I, happen. Yeah. Anytime I sit down to either write something or draw something, sometimes it's like I'm not in control and I'm just being fed the information. And then I'm just putting it on paper or I'm putting it on canvas. It's nothing that I've ever really thought of prior to it. So like I sit down, I'm going to paint a tree and the tree is going to look like this. Sometimes I just sit down and it happens. Well, say that they, they call that, you know, flow state. So something is flowing through you and, and, and it's an incredible feeling. I, I know what you're saying. And 
you know, part of, of my drive lately has been to kind of learn to focus and quiet myself down enough to where I can actively interact with, with that, whatever that is, um, spirit, higher self, what, there's so many different names. It's like really hard to be like, this is what it is, you know? So anybody tells you this is what it is probably doesn't know what it is. You know what I mean? Um, because it's so beyond and so incredible. And, you know, in, in the past, and I'm a big believer in the general polarity of demons versus angels. I've had my demons. I've battled them. You know, we battled them within and we, we, we step through them. So I've battled some demons. And after that, a lot of that battling was, was done. And, and, you know, in the past there, there came a point where I, I began to understand what that flow state was and, and encounter that right through my creativity, always through creativity, always, it's always through uh, an intention to create something. Uh, it could even be like, do like a YouTube video or just having a talk with somebody creating that rapport. So you're constantly creating. And like, we, we seem to have forgotten that, you know, uh, since, especially since we're not being reassured that by a minder, by somebody saying, no, you're, you're here to create. It's okay. It's beautiful. You know, chill out, create, enjoy, you know, these are all things that a minder would remind us of, right? Hence the minder. And, and yes, we're, we seem to be without that. And I, I think that that's what this past of this place holds and why it's not like given to us because it's, in my opinion, it's not our actual history. We we are a new new kid in the family, I guess, right? And see, this ties all into a lot of that weird space brother talk and all of this. I personally, I think the cosmos isn't out there. I think it's within us, and and so that's the illusion. We're we're thinking to look out everywhere else, but only when we stop and it's like focus within, do we find like some semblance of an answer, at least if anything, just a reassuring feeling, you know, that, that no, we, we are part of something bigger. And so all of these things, they, I mean, you can try to find it outside of you in religion. You can, you can go to congregation, you can find a notion, you can find an idea of what that is based on your interactions with other people. But I think like at the end of the day, it's not until you stop and you're like, well, let me just see, how do I feel about that? You know, you start basically psychoanalyzing yourself after you've had yeah. some weird experiences and have seen UFOs. <laughs> and and have- I think, I think it's always the, when people go down rabbit holes, they find faith or they uh, look for answers in something else. Eventually it always comes back to within it's finding your own purpose. And once you find your own purpose, that's when people seem to be, they're happiest and they're most connected to everything that's going on around them. It's finding your own purpose, not necessarily finding a purpose of what's going on. It's finding out, okay, does this impact my life? What does it actually change for me? What is your purpose and what is your point of being? Absolutely. It's so spot on. And man, I I can't believe that purpose can be found through dark roads, right? Like you gotta, and and it's kind of like, um, like, Dante's Inferno. Like, like really, I, I mean, I look at my life and in retrospect and um, I mean, or, or the gospels of Thomas or, or what have you, and he goes up through the different seven heavens and, and they all have a different sort of 
self-reflection happen um or you know dante's inferno the different layers and he has a different guide taking him through each layer much like we have a different story carrying us through each rabbit hole we have a you know a different concept kind of guiding us and it's uh it's just incredible and then to like find purpose out of all of this chaos it, it makes me really look at you know the the concept that is behind these like secret societies and things like order out of chaos, right? Um, or ordo ab cal, right? And uh, whereas it used to be kind of scary to think that these groups of people had the control, right? Um, looking back at it in retrospect from the place I sit now, I see that they're, they're given their control. They're given their control by each and every one of us, if we allow it, you know what I mean? So um, what does that mean, right? Like, so how do you integrate that understanding into your life? Well, you, you begin to take your power back, right? You, you begin to maybe stop siphoning so much money into pop culture or, or any of these things that you disagree with, right? You outwardly or inwardly, you disagree with the way something's going. For example, uh, food is an easy one. Many of us can relate to food um, and disagreeing with additives that are in our food. So what do we do? Do we go and die on a hill, you know, about uh, aluminum in our food? Or do we seek and find aluminum-free food for ourselves, right? Um, so, like, we're, we're given this option. Do we, do we invest our interest and our intention outward? And if so, there seems to be a big all-encompassing web, call it the World Wide Web, <laughs> but there's this encompassing web that is there to pick that energy up, you know, and and use it for whichever purposes uh, they are. And, and uh, you know, only once you like look inside and you're like, well, you know, what does 9-11 being an inside job do for me? You start looking at tarot and you start seeing that the tower card in tarot is basically the decimation of the old ways and the beginning of a new, right? And uh, we look at that in a negative context when we think of 9-11, for sure, you know? Um, but, you know, later on, like for me personally in my life, I understood that the way I was doing things up until a certain point was the old path for me, right? And many people have their old path. And Many of us aren't happy to look at our old path because it's embarrassing or it's, you know, just upsetting in general, but we all pretty much all have one. If you're like 40 years old, you have an old path and you probably have a new path. Um, and if you don't, you're in the process of finding that new path that can be called midlife crisis. I mean, so we have all of these names for all of these things and really they're just, they're just all finding ourselves. Uh, and, uh, and so it's mind blowing. Uh, I was really, really upset with whatever the entity was that destroyed the old world, right? And uh, <laughs> and did away with all of the free energy technology, the harmonic balance of like the bells. And so all of these healing, essentially beneficial technologies that we seem to have lost or were taken away. But like you were saying earlier, and I, I find that really interesting that you were saying, you know, perhaps we had gotten to a point uh, where it just had to be removed. It wasn't a part of the, the plan anymore or 
You know, um, I mean, look at where we've been in the last several hundred years, pure war, right? Like, so perhaps humanity was on that doorstep of war and the only thing to do by our caretakers or, you know, ancestors was, listen, let's, let's just bury it. You know, by the time they come together enough to dig several million holes in the right places, <laughs> you know, uh, which we're beginning to now and we're beginning to see just how incredible some of this buried architecture and information really is. So it's, it's just, it's wild, man. That the fact that looking outside of yourself to find answers ultimately leads you looking within. It, it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Look, we could sit here for the next six hours and it's, <laughs> we're almost like the philosophers in ancient Greece of like, being Socrates and and the like, we could sit here and we could talk about this for hours and hours, and it'd be enthralling the entire time. But it's but the yeah, what do you do with that? Yourself and what do yeah. you do with it? Yeah, yeah. and and Absolutely. you know that's the thing that that kind of has had me on the fence before about putting a podcast out, speaking with other people, recording these conversations for the future, for prosperity, posterity, whatever. Um, is that what had me hesitant for a long time was knowing that very few, if any people would be able to relate, but in the last, you know, year, year and some change of having this, um, I've had a few instances where people have reached out and said, dude, I'm so glad that you're saying something about it because I felt that way too. And was just afraid to say something. So it's, it's already served its purpose over the last year and a half. Um, I think the world needs more Greco, like maybe not Roman, but Greek style philosophy, um, introspection, all of these things that, that we're kind of talking about in the, in the arena of esoteric, um, hidden information. Um, I think a lot of it's coming to light. It could just be because the seat that I'm in happens to be, you know, relatively bright as of late, whereas some other people are going through some hard stuff. And, you know, I, I understand that like, it's different for everybody. So, you know, but I know that there's a few out there that are going to go, wow, exactly. <laughs> you know, and like that just makes it worth it for me. Not only that, just getting to meet folks that are having an enlightening experience here in this world where five years ago, I didn't think anybody was having an enlightening experience. I thought it was all just dark and gloom and just a big mess. And I didn't see the purpose. I'm beginning to see the purpose. So I'm super grateful for all of these things, man. I'm so stoked that we got to like chop it up over aliens. And, and, you know, I think Bigfoot falls in with that man falls in with these spiritual things, these introspective things. Like we have to look at when we start looking at Bigfoot, we've got to wonder how would I treat Bigfoot if I met Bigfoot? Right. And <laughs> like now that I'm kind of in a, in a, in a good place in my heart, I like to think that if I met Bigfoot, it would be similar to meeting like Chewbacca, you know, I'd be like, oh, dude, my long lost friend, you know, um, teleport me somewhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> Please, Bigfoot. <laughs> you know, we just need to go get ice cream. Just drop me off, you know, in the corner of the woods right there, you know, <laughs> and just wait for me. I'll be back with the ice cream, Bigfoot, you know. And so like all these beautiful possibilities <laughs> and uh, they seem to, I guess what I'm driving at, whole long story short, this all seems to be whether we want to admit it to ourselves or not here for our purposes, you know, individually. And I think that that's just the most amazing thing that I, that I've run into is like, 
it's here for your purpose. It's here for mine. It's here for everybody out there hearing this. It's here for your purpose. You know, what's that purpose going to be? Like, you're the only one that can say. <laughs> so, so, you know, none of this will make sense to you until it all makes sense to you. And I just, you know, definitely wish everyone out there well. And, and Drew, dude, thank you so much, man, for, for getting with me tonight and, and tearing it up and really digging into the stuff that's, that's been on my mind. And, uh, I don't think you are missing the point at all. So I dig the, uh, I dig the title. Uh, so do you want to, um, like we could probably wrap here in about 10 or so minutes, but do you want to tell everybody, uh, where they can find you and. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Um, you can find my podcast on all the usual podcatchers. You're missing the point on Instagram. I'm listed as missing the point. Um, you find me there. I'm also a co-host of Conspiracy Theatre 3000 with myself, Andy Rouse, and Moral Bob, where we break down symbolism within movies. Our very first film is coming out soon for They Live. It's an absolute great one, guys. You're going to all love nice. that. I'll um, send it out on our social media and stuff like that. That's on Instagram as well. And I've started a third education podcast with my co-host, lovely co-host, Kaylee called The Homeroom, Educating Educators, just where we discuss the differences between homeschooling a child or the public school, um, helping families navigate those systems, and if they so wish, uh, taking their child out of government school and into a homeschooling situation. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. And see, that's a couple of those are, are news to me, so I'm stoked to, to look into it more. It's a thought that I've toyed with and just have not committed to. Um, I know that it's a possibility if I were to commit to it, that, that being, you know, having my son homeschooled, uh, being in a small town, uh, you know, middle America, small town, uh, there's not a whole heck of a lot for him to do at his age out here. Um, you know, it's country, <laughs> there's really nothing going on. So, um, so it's tough for me to, to, you know, find my way to making that decision yet. Um, Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. So I'm just stoked to, to meet somebody that is in the know about how to possibly go about that and what that can look like for other parents out there. Um, I know many of us were absolutely terrified with the last few years that have been happening, the shooting the scares I, every other week. And it's, oh, we had a freaking drill, you know, in my son will tell me we had a drill, dad, about, you know, shooter, active shooter drill and all this. And I'm like, man, I, you know more and more I'm, I'm thinking of looking at removing him from that system. And I, I know many out there are also, and um, for many different reasons. So I'm glad that, you know, you're able to help folks out and have some information put out there for that. And uh, dude, it's, it's, it's been absolutely amazing. It's so great to have met you uh, and just to have gotten together and, and chopped it up about, you know, aliens and the spiritual connection and, you know, it's, it's so cool. <laughs> it's just so cool. I'm, I'm never, I'm never, uh, never more like stoked than when I've met somebody new and, and find out just how many, like, not exactly like minds, but similarly thinking individuals that are out there that we wouldn't know. We wouldn't know if we just stuck to our bubble and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't have met you. I wouldn't have found out that there are options for people out there looking at homeschooling their kids. I mean, I met uh moral Bob had, has, uh, you know, his homeschool stuff going on. I hadn't really talked to him too much about it. Uh, he's over there. <laughs> I, I forget what he's, 
his uh, Instagram is anymore. But anyway, he's a, a good buddy, flat earther out there in Texas. And, uh, you know, uh, speaking of the shape of the world, man, you got any last thoughts on what you think it might be or if it's all of the above or if it's just oh, illusory God. or. So closing note, <laughs> shape of the earth. Well, for the longest time I was, I was a glober. I'll admit that it was what reality that was presented to me. It's what I understood. Getting to know Bob has absolutely blown my reality of what the world could be. For a long time after meeting Bob, I was probably 60% globe, 40% flat earth, until one day I went for a morning at six, I went for a walk in the morning at 6.30, took a snapshot of where the sun was, messaged Bob, hey, Bob, where's the sun currently sitting in your sky? And he messaged me back and his sun was nearly at midday where he was, and that's not possible on a, a globe or a flat plane. So we have evidence within <laughs> our conversations that the sun definitely wasn't where it should be. Right. So on. either there's two localized suns or it's not flat or a globe. I don't know what the yes. reality of the world is. Yes, epic. Dude, and that's what's up. And that's I'm telling you, that's the place to be, everybody. The place to be is, you know what? Enlighten me because I don't know. I, I'm open. I'm open to the possibilities, you know? Like uh, like Quato in uh, Total Recall, you know, open <laughs> your mind, quit, <laughs> you know. So that's what we got to do, I think. And man, uh, whatever your step is, people out there, take that first step, man. It's a doozy, but it'll set you on the right path, no matter what that step is. So just want to say uh, much love to everybody out there, and thank you again, Drew, for popping on with me here this evening. It's been a, a wonderful conversation, and I'll chat with you here for a quick second once we get off, but. Um, yeah, much love, brother. Much love, everyone out there. Thank you for tuning in. What's up, everybody? Randy here. Just wanted to pop in here after the show and kind of extend myself once more to you all and simply ask that you go check out Conspiracy Theater 3000 with Andy Rouse, The Moral Bob, and Drew Misson. So go check that out. That's their other, uh, their other kind of... Uh, co-op that they've got going on it's good stuff they get into all sorts of different flicks and uh you know really dig into like the symbolism and what's really trying to be pushed between the lines so go check them out i just wanted to pop in here real quick at the end and and state that uh didn't put it up front so but once again everybody listen thank you all for tuning in and you know the very few of you that might actually let this play to this point i just want to extend my sincerest gratitude for being with me uh this has been like going on two years since you know i first really started uh, in the podcast game and uh it's a fun game to play man it's so cool to meet people and speak with them um so interesting to try and integrate like a legitimate listenable conversation in with the excitement <laughs> that comes along with uh, just meeting these people for the first time it's it's really interesting the dynamic uh, you know that it brings to light for me for myself so uh, I, once again thank you all for listening um, you know I'd probably still do it even if nobody was listening if I'm being completely honest that's how it was at first right so but uh, yeah seen some substantial things happen changes in my life um, I think that the podcast reflects this also it's pretty cool to go back and and look at some of the earlier stuff and when I was just getting you know my uh, feet wet and all of this to hear the difference is incredible and so just to extend to you all out there if there's something you're sitting on the fence about 
Um, and I don't just mean your understanding of reality, like Drew pointed out earlier in the episode. Uh, <laughs> I mean, um, if there's something you're waiting for, you're waiting for this thing to happen so that you can begin again, or maybe you're waiting for your own death so that you can start a new life and just be done with this, whatever misery this is in this place. Listen, there's like this door that you walk through, okay, many times throughout your life. When you were a young child, you walked through this door and became a preteen. When your ego, you know, you stepped into your ego, okay, these things don't just overcome you, you step into them. Now, there's also a point where, yes, shit looks terrible. Everything is miserable. Nothing is going right, okay? And I know this sounds easier said than done. But listen, if, if you're constantly telling yourself you can't or you're not good enough, then you will never get to a point where those outside of you speak highly of you, okay? If you don't start doing that for yourself, talk yourself up. Listen, even if you're just BSing yourself for the first, how long does it take to install a habit? About three months, something like that. You know, then just do it. Like, listen, your, your mind, your subconscious doesn't know the difference when you're talking to yourself in your head. It's believing everything that you say. And it's storing it away and creating your reality based on that. So... For all intents and purposes, people, lie to yourself for as long as it takes, okay? Listen, if you can be lied to by all these entities outside of you, why can't you do the same to yourself from a place of heart, right? But first, it does take cutting off the umbilical to a lot of the programming that you're receiving that is leading your subconscious to say these negative things about you. Absolutely. Most of it is not intentional. You don't intend to speak low on yourself, but we do. We all do. So what makes the difference? What makes the change? We do, right? And, you know, I really, really hope that anybody out there that's listening is not sitting there taking it like, who's this guy to say this? Listen, I'm just explaining these things from my perspective based on having been in the pitch black darkness for so long and even you know what I once considered lowly little me has been able to pick myself up by my own bootstraps and yes there was a period of time where it took me completely BSing myself a hundred percent but then guess what like I started to believe the BS that I was loved that I was important that I was worthy even. Worthy is the biggest one for most of us, I think. And that's just on account of being put into a, a class system our whole lives, a race system, all these divisions and things. You know, when you're sitting at home in the quiet by yourself, where is the division? It's not there, right? So you can get through to yourself without a barrier being there. Other people cannot get through to you. I probably right now am not getting through to you because there's a barrier there and you have to do it for yourself. 
It's a tricky thing, man. And, you know, all of the symbolism in just about everything, all of the underlying meanings in just about every story, of course, you know, they'll be astronomical and, and all of these other things, but they're also trying to express this to you in such a subtle fashion that you start to believe and take these actions yourself. You know, it's, we're being incepted. But many of us uh, choose to be stuck on the negative, and, and it happens, right? It definitely happens. So I just urge you strongly and with love from the bottom of my heart to move on something. Move on something that makes you happy. You know, even if it's just for a moment, you know what I mean? Like if it makes you happy to take a day off of work and relax and like, say it's the middle of winter, but you got a window where the sun comes in and just lay in that sunshine in the middle of the day, then do that for yourself. I promise you, you won't regret it. I promise you, you won't regret or dwell deeply upon the whatever $200 you missed that day because you didn't go to work. You're showing yourself that you want to invest in yourself. You're showing yourself that you love yourself. And this is like the most important thing that I think anybody can ever do that's life-changing. And, you know, if you're not quite there yet, I understand if you don't really vibe with this. I get it. But I believe in you. I know that someday you will vibe with this. And I know out there, many of you already are and already have and have started to take these steps for yourself. And like, that's so important, so important. And, you know, we're not told enough. We don't get it from any angles that are meaningful to us. But that is incredible. Absolutely incredible. This world is changing and it's changing because we are deciding that it needs to change. And we are changing ourselves and doing the hard work. It's not about taking the high road, being out of the way of everything. Get in it. Change your world. Change your world starting with yourself. You have to start with yourself. Don't think of it as selfish. Think of it as an investment. And if you are a believer, think of it as an investment giving back to God for what has been given to you. When you start giving that, that intention back, and understanding God is within you. So don't cast your intention outward. Cast it at God. Cast it at yourself. If you don't cast your own spells on yourself, somebody's going to do it for you. That's everything right there. So anyway, much love, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in.